Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Monday afternoon. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander. We're in the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation about to join us. Luke will be joining us a little later in the program as well. Also, Picasso Nelson. A former cornerback and NFL player, also on the Eagle Hour today. Looking forward to all of that. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and a great place for you to call this week if you want to cater a homecoming tailgate. They can fix you up no matter the size of your party, and we guarantee you'll like it. Dickie's Barbecue serving delicious fresh food seven days a week. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joining Kelly and I. We're in the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg. Heath, another another tough loss Saturday night. Uh, we got introduced to a young man named Jake Lang that I don't think anyone knew about. Uh, he threw for 304 yards, but also three interceptions. And uh, the Golden Eagles suffer another bitter defeat, this time the second in a row to the Rice Owls. And... Uh, Heath, right now, uh, is you know you you got to strain to find some optimism. Is that a fair statement? I think it's a very fair statement. I mean, even Coach Hall, after the game, talked about how you know the teams at rock bottom right now. I, I don't think it. You know, they're looking at it from that aspect. Coach Hall he has success wherever he's been. He's not having it here right now. So many things have happened to this team. I mean, think about in the past year. They're on their fourth coach and fifth quarterback in a year's time. That is so much for a team to have to deal with. Not only that, injuries, different things, throw in COVID, which everybody's had to deal with it. Uh, injuries. It, it's been a... It's been a wild ride at Southern Miss for the past, you know, 14 months. And it's just going to take time. It's not going to be a switch. It's going to be able to uh, be turned on and, and things will happen. It's going to take baby steps instead of regular steps. I think it will get better. But uh, right now, it's, it's tough. Kelly Sander, the Gold Eagles are 4-11 and 11 in their last 15 games. Where do you find the optimism after what you watched Saturday night? Well, you've had, you've had to deal with all of this, like Keith just mentioned. But again, let's let's go back just a little bit. Some of the when we've talked about this on the show before, some of this has to be laid at the feet of Jay Hobson. All right, that uh, that the recruiting, you know, Will Hall is trying to serve a Hollywood Academy Award dinner with bologna sandwiches, essentially. Okay, the, the talent level is not is not where they want it to, to be. Now, <clears throat> Jay Hobson at least resigned. There was another coach who didn't resign. Mm-hmm. He was fired, and Southern Miss had to keep paying him. You know, it's, it's just a, it's a weird world to where you can be really bad at your job and still get paid for years afterwards. You know, I know at Super Talk it doesn't work that way. I know in a lot of private sector worlds it, it doesn't work that way. 
But then you, then you throw in all of the, the curveballs that they've had to hit, including injuries. They're just, they're just has not been, they just haven't caught any kinds of breaks. Right. Here's, the, here's what I think. Uh, I think there are a lot of problems, Heath, but here's, here's what I, from a fan's perspective, I think is, is the core problem, and that is the, uh, really just the ineffective offensive line. 27 rushing attempts, 57 yards against a team the week previous had given up over 200 yards rushing. Yeah, it wasn't. And, and look, let's, they did give up five sacks, too, and I think there was about 40 yards, uh, negative yards rushing. Frank Gore had 80 yards rushing. So there was some, there was some good runs at times. Uh, once Southern Miss completed some passes, and you kind of saw that box loosen up a little bit. They were able to get a few runs in there. But, yeah, the offensive line, the sacks, uh it's just, it's not good. You're on your third quarterback now. Uh, it is what it is. It, something's got to get better there. Yeah. Of course, not having Arvin Fletcher, uh, the senior center in, uh, that could be, you know, having to move people around. That hurts things, too. Not that it was great before he went out, but at least Alabama, even when he was out, they only gave up two sacks that game. I mean, yeah, the offensive line has not played well, and you thought they would because they finished the season. You remember that FAU game? They played extremely well. And you had pretty much everybody back off of that line this year. So in the, it just hasn't turned over into a good play this year. So in the quarterback department, Heath, of course, everybody was, I think even some of the players were surprised to see that, that Jake Lang was the guy. Going into the season, there was little dispute that Trey Lowe was going to be the guy and that Ty Keyes and T. Webb were battling for two and three on the depth chart. Now you don't hear T. Webb's name hardly at all. What, what, do, what do we make of that situation at this point? Well, you know, in uh, fall camp, one of the things Coach Hall was saying about uh, T. Webb was he, uh, he was holding on the ball too long and uh, didn't want to pull the trigger. And I guess, you know, you – when he talked about Jake Lane, he said he's just been getting better, better and better every week. I spoke to a former coach of his, and he said that that guy is a a film rat. He gets in there, uh, he, he won't you won't outwork him, and he's smart. And look, those attributes will move you up the depth chart, and obviously has. All in all, considering Jake Lane did not play bad in that game. Considering he was the four-stringer this year, uh, running scout team, and now he's starting within the matter of two weeks of that. I mean, it's, he did not play bad at all, considering. No, but really, and Will Hall even said in the post-game press conference, he mentioned it three, mentioned it three or four times. You just, and it doesn't, look, this is not rocket science. You can't turn it over four times and not get any turnovers from the other team in a game that was pretty much a toss-up game to begin with, if you believe the prognosticators. Four turnovers are going to kill you, and I don't care what level you're playing at. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you just can't turn the ball over, and you can't throw some of those passes. I mean, he didn't mind letting the passes go. I think uh, ended up passing, what, 30, 34, 35 times in the game. It, it, Surprising that they threw that much, but considering the running game, not really surprising. Well, 
right now, their their backs are against the wall. It's going to be interesting to see what they do this week. See what the uh, situation with Ty is. I know after the game he was on crutches supposedly, so uh, hmm. we'll find out more about that tomorrow. But uh, man, they they're in a hole right now, and how they get out that's anybody's guess. All right, Jack Lang was uh, 23 of 37, 304 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. So, no, I mean, you put the kid in there unexpectedly. He he played pretty well. I was kind of pleased that they continued to try to throw the ball and, and not go into a shell because, I honestly, and I say this with all due respect, I don't think they could run the ball against anybody. And And what further complicates things is when you turn it over four times, who has to go back out on the field? Right. The defense, right. all right? The defense as a whole has generally been the bright spot of this team this year, but they're being overworked. They're being overtaxed because the offense can't, can't you know, deliver long, sustaining drives, which gives you know, them a break. So, and the offensive side of the ball has been more banged up, but you're hoping, you know, for goodness sakes, you hope that nobody goes down on that defensive side of the ball or you're really up a well-known creek. All right, well, uh, Heath Ford. They also scored 14 points off of, off of, two, off of two turnovers, too, Rice did. Yeah. So when you put your defense at disadvantage, things like that happen. That's, that's what happens. You're right. All right, upcoming 4-1 and one UTEP. Let me repeat that. 4-1 and one UTEP coming in, then 3-2 and two UAB, and we know UAB is probably better uh, than the 3-2 and two record. About 40 seconds left, Heath. Uh, Something's got to change, or uh, we we could very well be looking at one and six. Yeah, I mean, anybody would have thought this year at this game that uh, Southern Miss would be one and four, and UTEP would be four and one. It's uh, it's a you know it, the roles are reversed. It's a head scratcher. UTEP, look, they're a good football team. It's going to take everything from Southern Miss to win that game. It's homecoming. You hope with a week to prepare, Jake Lane is going to come in and play better football. You think he will. Uh, but we'll see. Also, Ty Keys, will he play? Will he, will he not play? So much considered right now. So much this team is going through. One thing's for sure, when they finally get this thing turned around, this will be a battle-tested football team. There's no question about that. All right, Heath, we appreciate your input. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. You need to check out that website. Great way to keep up with Southern Miss Athletics. And, Bob, as we go into break, I just want to ask my old Miss friends, what am I supposed to do with all this extra popcorn? <laughs> I got <laughs> That didn't work out well. Did it? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> we'll find Luke and bring him on the show next. Southern Miss to the top. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. That's the place to go before homecoming this weekend. They'll have a great selection of homecoming apparel for you to choose from. Miss Kathleen is just wonderful, and her staff is very helpful. They're located on Hardy Street right across from the campus. Also, you can shop online at campusbookmark.net. 
Around the league this weekend, Illinois defeated Charlotte 24-14. Florida Atlantic beat Florida International 58-21. North Carolina State beat Louisiana Tech 34-27. Texas San Antonio over UNLV 24-17. Middle Tennessee upsets Marshall 34-28. Liberty beats UAB handedly 36-12. Michigan State handles Western Kentucky 48-31. UTEP beats Old Dominion. Uh, 28-21, and Luke Johnson, UTEP, comes to the Rock this weekend flying high. 4-1 and one against the Eagles, who are reeling uh, in the opposite direction at 1-4. and four. Yeah, It's tough, man. Um, what was interesting was, is as bad as you play Saturday, and you have a pretty heroic performance from a guy that was your scout team quarterback on Tuesday, you still had an opportunity to win the game, and that might speak to how both tough it's been for Southern Miss and how bad Rice is. But yeah, they, um, you know, UTEP 4-1, and one, and uh, I mentioned last week on the show that the offensive coordinator for UTEP, a guy that Southern Miss fans might remember, Dave Warner, who was a wide receiver coach under Jeff Bauer when I played there. He's been at Michigan State the last uh, several years, and I think Kelly mentioned how Dana Demmel may be on the hot seat this year out at UTEP, so he brought in a, a guy with uh, extensive history of putting up Great offensive numbers and UTEP's four and one. They, they are four and one, but and and Bob, we'll have to look up the UTEP schedule because it is about as cream puff as I have ever well, seen. Well, and I mean when you, they've played both New Mexico stool, uh, both New Mexico schools, both of them stink to high heaven. All right, they they do have four wins. Old Dominion is not very good. Okay, they're they're going to finish last in the in their division. All right, on the other side of Conference USA. So I'm just saying, they are UTEP is four and one, and we've talked about how winning breeds confidence. But they haven't played they haven't played very strong a schedule at well, yeah, all. Yeah, but the, I, I, in all honesty, I don't think we're in a position to criticize anybody's schedule. that's four and one. I think I think we've played some better teams that UTEP has, but UTEP has won you know, some games, right. and and they need to. You right. know, it's, they really need to. Luke Johnson, 57 yards rushing of 27 attempts against a team that you pointed out to me Saturday night, who the previous week had given up over 220 yards rushing to a SWAC team. Did I get that right? Rice, I'm not sure the exact numbers, but what Rice was was giving up uh, over 230 a game. I think it was like 232 a game going in. That's the biggest number that troubles me, is that um, and among the the Southern Miss chatterboards, there's been, you know, some, some questions. You can't ever please Southern Miss fans, and we've been wanting to see more of a vertical attack, and we saw a, more of a downfield uh, attack Saturday, and then, you know, people criticizing some of the play calling going too deep. I felt like this was a game where we could try to establish the run because you got a team coming in that's giving up, over, you know, averaging, giving up like 230 a game. And so – I'm not sure so much if the 57, it may just be a mixture of we were trying to go uh, more vertical on them or, or deep on them, and it could just be the other fact combined that with that we just can't run the football. I mean, we we just cannot run the football. And how how shameful that is when you have a back of the quality of, of Frank Gore Jr. But I, let's be honest, too, when Ty Keyes leaves the game, a small playbook becomes even smaller which, again, I would think would lend itself to more of a running attack. It just was 
it's just bad. So well, no. bad all around. Jake Lang threw the ball 37 times. That was a bit of a surprise to me. You know, you can't lay the uh, lack of a running game at the feet of Frank Gore Jr. Because if you watch the games, and I know you do, Frank Gore Jr. takes about two steps, and he's throwing big bodies off of his back trying to uh, get up the field. Uh, the, the, the problem clearly lies, uh, running-wise, Luke, with the offensive line. There's just no sugarcoating. And, and what's really frustrating about it is they were highlighted as an experienced group coming into this year. And, you know, just you, you wonder, were we good at all across the front? And these were some of the you know most experienced guys we had. I, I, I feel good about Arvin Fletcher. I don't think he, he played uh, Saturday night. I mean, that's a guy who, who is a good offensive lineman. But you wonder sometimes when these guys put on weight, especially – some you know some guys on the outside of the tackles they're just they're they're too slow. I mean we 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 got sacked five times. Some of that was was with Lang. I get that, but you know you get sacked twice against Bama and you get sacked five times against um, against Rice. So in the last three weeks, Southern Miss's quarterbacks have been sacked fifteen times. That's just too many. Wow, but you know they do. In all honesty, and and again. You know, we, we call it like we see it on this show. But, Kelly Sander, I, to what Luke said, the offensive line does look big and slow, and in all honesty, some of them look out of shape. What The problem, too, is compounded by the fact you have a, an inexperienced quarterback. So what's the one weapon you'd want to, when you put in an inexperienced quarterback, what would you norm, what type of play would you normally call to take the pressure off of it? I'd run the football. Or run the football. Exactly. You know, to try to give this, let this kid settle down, get his nerves, you know, where they where they need to be. But that apparently is not an option uh, if you're going to be effective whatsoever. And remember, Rice is not Georgia. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Rice ain't. Hey, Rice ain't Georgia State either. No. no. So. but Georgia. It, but Georgia. <laughs> Rice, Rice might be Georgia Southern, but they're not Georgia or Georgia State. And, and at this point, you know, again, being realistic, at this point, you know, you don't the, a conference cha- championship is nowhere to be found here. All right, so you think? I mean, at this point, I'm wondering about it. And, and again, I'm saying this as I laugh and try not to cry. I'm wondering if a conference wins, and I'm not giving up on them. I mean, nobody needs to hear that. Nobody needs to hear us being honest and, and, you know, shooting it straight and feeling like we're ripping coaches or kids. We're just being honest here. I felt good about Middle Tennessee until they beat Marshall. Me too. So let's be honest, guys. Yeah. Let's, look at, let's look at the rest of the slate. Who can we beat other than FIU? I was going to say. The way that we're playing. Like, who can we beat? We can beat UTEP. We can beat UTEP this weekend. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> but but FIU FIU is an absolute mess. So yeah, when you when you look at the Masseys this week, there's 130 teams that play Division One football. They've got Southern Miss at 124. Guess who's 125? FIU. Yes, that's right. So look, the Golden Eagles, and I hate to belabor this point, but but the Golden Eagles have won four of their last 15 games. What is it going to take to get this skid stopped and turned around? I mean, I, I'm, I, I feel just as strong about Will Hall as, as I did when the day they hired him. I do, too. I believe he's, I believe he's the guy. I believe he's going to do great. I believe that uh, what, was, what was good for me to see, I remember, I remember one time, guys, we got beat on Friday night at Memphis. And we were supposed to win. It was in 2004. We were ranked that season. 
And I just saw the dejection on Coach Bauer's face. We were in the locker room, and he was uh, me and him, a couple more guys, and you know, I just walked up to him and, and just encouraged him. And uh, and it was just one of those moments where I saw how much it hurt. Man, watching Will Hall on the press conference Saturday, man, that dude is hurt. Yeah, I mean, he's hurt, and I think he's he may be shell shocked a little bit. He talked about how he gave it he gave it his all, and you know, when you give it your all, and you don't see results and. I still feel confident he's going to do a great job. I just think he's seeing personnel-wise, we don't fit, you know, what he's trying to implement. And and so with with what we have up front, we can't run a power spread. And maybe you know he he thought, okay, especially when the change at quarterback, we're just going to have to air it out a lot more. And that may be what we see going forward because if you only run it for fifty yards against a team that's given up two thirty, you got problems. Kelly, I told Luke Saturday night, I think you have to give Coach Hall three years. I think three solid years, one, before you make any judgments, and two, I'm just going to say it like I see it. This is not a very talented football team. There's just not a lot of talent on the Which is what I said earlier, it falls in the lap of Jay Hobson. Right. You know, he and his staff have to take responsibility for some of that. And I 100% echo what Luke just said. I'm as big a Will Hall fan now as I was, you know, when they hired him. I do think he's, I do think he's the answer. But again, you're you're trying to make chicken salad. Mm-hmm. I learned many years ago, obviously, in a much different sport, much less environment. But a big part of being a, seen as a really good coach is to have really good players. It's amazing how good players. Make you look good, coaching. Which, which is why they go out and try to bring, try to get these good players, you know, to come in because in every sport, really good players helps. Let's let's be honest. I mean, there is talent on this roster. There, there's talent on this roster. I mean, look at we played good enough Saturday defensively to win, but you turn the ball over four times and you give people the short end, the short field, and you're just going to get beat. And I mean, you know, it, it was good to see. Some of the receivers, man, I'm thrilled to death to have Chandler Pittman in Hattiesburg. I'll yeah. tell you what. Yeah. That cat's special. He is. And, you know, with some of the other guys we got, I, I think Lang was thrown into a, an unfortunate situation. I mean, he made the best of it. I think that game probably will change a little if Ty Keys is in there because you'll see him be able to, you know, make plays uh, on the fly a little more. But, yeah, and uh, I, I think there are players on this roster, but as a whole – when you're not getting it done up front, you can't really get it done anywhere. All right, Luke Johnson, everybody. Luke will be back on the show tomorrow. Picasso Nelson, that's a familiar name, a very good Southern Miss football player. He's up next on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Do you know what you hear us talk about it every day? Best plate lunch in Hattiesburg is at 4th Street Bar and Grill, 895. And uh, it's always filling, always delicious. I do a variety of food every day. And Kelly Sander, best lunch in Hattiesburg. It is. And a lot of Southern Miss fans, young and old, will gather there to pregame, you know, before baseball games, basketball games. You know, a chance to rub elbows with uh, some 
people that you don't see very often, but uh, but always have that black and gold blood running through their veins. Always a four street. One of the proudest things uh, about being a Golden Eagle football fan is through the years we've had a lot of young men come through the program that were not only great football players, but outstanding young individuals, outstanding students, just good young people, the kind of folks that you want in your athletic department. Our next guest certainly fits that bill. Picasso Nelson was a standout cornerback uh, for the Golden Eagles from 2014 through 2018. Has worked out with the various uh, NFL teams since. Uh, made it through the uh, to the last cut this year with the Arizona Cardinals, so he keeps that door open. Uh, but he's back uh, taking care of other business. And uh, Picasso, it's always great to have you on the Eagle Hour. Kelly asked you during the break, is it any possibility you could – exercise the COVID year that you never got back and come give us another year with the Golden Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will not be able to, you know, do that. I definitely have no more eligibility, so. <laughs> okay, can't play quarterback one year or something like that, right? No, no. <laughs> and, Bob, I want to tell you something else about Picasso Nelson. Maybe a lot of people don't know this. Not one master's degree, two Is master's right? degrees. Is that right? Well, Absolutely. No question, uh, an outstanding uh, young man that uh, represented Southern Miss football very, 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 very proudly. And uh, you had some good years, Picasso. When you look back on your career, I'm always curious to ask guys that uh, had such successful college careers, is there a night, an afternoon that really jumps out in your mind when you sit in a, maybe in your recliner in the evenings and think back on your college football playing days? Uh, I mean, you know, for the most part, I you know, the games were definitely, you know, were are, are good memories. You know, say whenever we beat Kentucky or whenever we, um, you know, played at Alabama or, or versus Mississippi State. You know, those games definitely stand out. But for the most part, it's not so much the actual football play, but the you know the time spent with my teammates and with you know other other you know college friends as well. So uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely more than anything is, you know, the memories on just spending time with my teammates. That, I've, I've heard a lot of athletes say the hardest part about leaving the sport when, when that day came was mm-hmm. just what you said, not so much the competition and the playing, but the camaraderie uh, in the locker room, the brotherhood of being on a football team. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely important to be around, you know, like-minded people who share a common passion. So, a lot, of, a lot of times, whenever you know guys are finally done playing football, you know they don't have you know that. But for me, I, you know, I, I definitely you know still stay in contact with a lot of my teammates from college, and and a good amount of my teammates from college. You know, we we talk often because we share similar passions outside of football, which is you know entrepreneurship. So we you know no. definitely stay in contact. Kelly, what you said about Picasso is that this young man has two more master's degrees than you and I combined. You're, you're breaking up, Bob. Your signal's real bad. I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear that that last question. But Picasso, you come from you come from a football pedigree. Your dad was a, quite a football player at Hattiesburg High School, and then went on to, mm-hmm. to Jackson State, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Had a good career at uh, at JSU. Then your years at Southern Miss. So you also you're also very fa- grounded in your faith. If you could at one time get these current football players at Southern Miss together with what they're struggling with right now, what would you tell them? I mean, for, for the most part, you know, you just have to. Well, first of all, whenever I first got to Southern Miss, my uh, my freshman year, we went three and nine. So we, you know, we were not very good, but 
you know, we had a young team and, um, you know, the, the younger players, including myself, we we had a certain passion about us and a certain drive that, you know, basically um, was that, you know, even though we're not good, very good right now, we're, we're working towards being really good. And so even that year, you know, we stayed after practice every day, you know, 10, 15 minutes just, just, just to work on, you know, getting better. You know, we watched an extra film. And in the offseason, you know, we made sure that we were, were doing the things that we needed to do to improve. So, I mean, for them, I would just say, you know, stay positive, continue to work, and just focus on continuous improvement, you know. All right. And, Converse, you know, conversely, then, what would you tell Southern Miss fans in this fast food generation that you can get a complete meal served to you in about 30 seconds? What would you tell the fan base who really wants to have things good right now? Yeah, well, I mean, nothing nothing happens overnight, you know. So when a new coaching staff co- comes in, you know, they have to not only, you know, get familiar with the players, but the players have to, you know, trust the coaches. And, you know, it takes time. So as long as, you know, the coaches are doing their very best and listening to the players and pushing the players, and as long as the players are, you know, giving 100% effort, then the winning would definitely come. But, you know, good things take time. And I and I want to talk to you too about you talked about your passion for entrepreneurship. You're getting to be quite the real estate mogul in the Hattiesburg area. Tell us what's going on with you. Uh, I mean, yeah. So I mean, generally, um, so so my dad and I are partners, and we own a real estate company. And and what we generally do is, you know, um, have rental properties, and and we also you know have flips as well. But for the most part, you know, we're learning more, and as we learn more, we will be able to do more. So. Um, definitely, you know, stay on the on, on the lookout for us. We're definitely, you know, trying to improve every day. And as we improve, we'll, you know, buy more and, and you know, have more properties for sure. Now, i got to ask you this, Picasso, because when you rent these places, you're not allowed to discriminate. Absolutely. Right? So so would would you rent to an old Mess fan? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. As long as, you know, they pay their rent on time. Right. And a little bigger deposit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bigger deposit, right? And probably a little bigger rent, too, yeah. you know. Picasso, what do you, have, what do you have two master's degrees in? So my first master's is in business, um, and my second master's is in teaching. So um, what happened, so going into my last year, I was injured, and I got a medical red shirt with that, extra, with that you know, with me missing my fourth year of college. It gave me one more year of football eligibility and one more year of scholarship. So um, my fifth year of college, I entered the MBA program. It was a two-year program. I finished it in one year. Um, so once I finished my last college football season, I graduated with my master's in business. And following that, I entered the alternate program and got my master's in teaching. So yeah. I was 23 with two master's well, well, Kelly didn't mention this to me before. You're clearly too smart to ever be back on this program, Picasso. So we want to go ahead now and – Thank you for the time. But, Bob, I just want to go on the record as, as saying this this all works out because he's got two master's degrees in six years. I don't have a bachelor's in seven. So it all, <laughs> it all kind of evened out, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it all kind of evened and, out. And Picasso, you last seen, I, and I really thought the Cardinals made a big mistake personally not signing you to at least their practice squad because I thought you had a really good preseason. Those boys are. Those boys went to L.A. yesterday and put it on those Rams. A Super Bowl ring, maybe headed to the desert. What do you think? I mean, I, I definitely hope so. You know, the team is definitely filled with a lot of good guys, a lot of good players. So, uh, you know, I definitely wish those those guys, you know, nothing but the very best for sure. Well, that's a great experience that you've had though uh, with these NFL teams. What What would you say is the is the single biggest difference? In playing in an NFL game and a college game, Picasso. 
I mean, more than anything, it's just, you know, it's the quickness of the game and the attention to detail. You know, you know, as humans, we can only run so fast. So for the most part, you know, most guys are going to run anywhere from four, three to, you know, four or five as far as skilled players. But Mm -hmm. it's the, you know, the, you know, efficient footwork, the great hand placement, the anticipation of breaks, you know, things like that, that makes the game a bit faster. And, I was actually having this conversation with my dad a few um, a few weeks back, and uh, I was telling him that um, I was watching a college football game, and the game looked extremely slow, um, <laughs> just because you know I've I've been so used to just watching NFL films. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I've heard players say that uh, that that played in the league like you that you know when you're playing college football, depending on what team you play, they may have three or four, in the case of Alabama, maybe they've got nine or ten real studs on the field. But in the NFL, everybody on the field is a stud. For sure. Is that right? Absolutely. Well, Picasso, before we let you go, if you had a direct shot at Tom Brady, tell me you wouldn't knock him out. (laughs) I mean, I would definitely get him on the ground. But, you know, I would – I would not, you know, try to hurt a legend like, you know, Tom. Please, look, we've got 30 seconds left. Explain to Kelly that Tom Brady is the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time. Go ahead. I mean, Tom Brady is definitely an an amazing quarterback. Um, I think his his resume speaks for himself. I mean, he's a winner. And, uh, you know, no matter who you are, I think it's hard not to respect someone that plays at that caliber. You know, you're, you're in and you're out. Kelly, this is coming from a man with two master's degrees. Now, you listen to what he just told you. All right, the prosecution rests. All right. Picasso, great conversation. You're welcome on our show anytime, young man. And uh, you you. keep up the great work in your life. We appreciate you. Thank you. We'll do. All right. Picasso Nelson, what an impressive, what an impressive young man is that, Kelly. Yeah, he needs to be smacked. Two two master's degrees. Why not rub our nose in it, right? And a four-year college football starter. Just throw that in. On oh, the yeah, there's that. Yeah, there's that. We'll be back. To the Eagle Hour. D1, D Bath, that's a place to go for athletic training here in the Pine Belt. They're on Hardy Street. They've got a beautiful state of the art facility. They have training for everyone from kids to adults, every sport, great staff, uh, expert trainers, tremendous facilities. Uh, there's really no better place uh, to go for athletic training than D1 and D-Bat. I want to thank Picasso Nelson and Heath Hinton for coming on the show. I feel completely stupid and dumb after visiting with Picasso Nelson. I don't know that I've ever met anyone that has two master's degrees, Kelly. Certainly not you. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm going to see a master's degree. (laughs) Tell them your experience in algebra you were explaining to me uh, in college. Oh, yeah. Well, I I just never really thought 
I mean, this is terrible to say, but I just was not big on education, right? I was big on the extracurricular right, stuff, right? right? And the algebra teacher asked me the difference between three-fourths and seven-eighths. She said, what's the difference? I said, exactly. <laughs> what's what, the difference? What's the difference? Who cares? <laughs> you know? Next question. When is class out? Oh, you know, man. Picasso <laughs> Nelson, what a story. And you said an outstanding high school athlete. Yeah, well. played here at Oak Grove, has a state championship ring from 2000 and. 14 well, it was class of 14 they won it in the fall of 2013 and that year they also won the state high school baseball championship mm-hmm. i think the first 6a school to win both in one academic year so. he really exemplifies the term student athlete doesn't he? he's what when we hear about student athletes that you wish they all were is that fair to say yeah but but you know his his folks have always been you know have, have always been um, making sure that things go the way they're supposed to go and, and very big on education and very big on accountability and things like that. So, you know, and, and so he really didn't have a choice, not like he would have strayed anyway. But I mean, good parenting there. And his dad certainly knows what, it, what it's about to have to play high school and college football at the at the D1 level. So it's it's great to. Have, and I, I just I just wish. And, and I really think had they played, had the Cardinals played that last game with the Saints, the Cardinals would have kept. Picasso because he had had a great preseason right you know up to that point and he was he was telling us he was supposed to play three different positions that night against the against the Saints you know which would solidify his spot as being versatile a guy that could play any one positions if if uh, if there were injuries involved there all right before we run out of time far be it for me to feel sorry for multimillionaires they live a life that I can't imagine of course but i did want to ask you about this and i pick at you a lot about tom brady but there was a really good game last night between uh brady's team and and the uh the patriots at the end of the game you know all the cameras were on bill belichick and he walked out there and he had a brief hug for brady but you know looking at his face looking at his face i i just sensed i didn't know sadness frustration and I thought about that last night. Here you, you're you're basically in partnership with a guy for 20 years, and you really have a lot to do with developing him over 20 years and this enormous success. And here you are; you're at the pinnacle of your profession. It must be there must be a little hard feelings about the fact that he left and and left you like that. But it was it was their decision. It was the Patriots. You yeah, know, decision. Because wa- he wanted a long-term deal. Is that right? That, that's my understanding. And they didn't want to give him the long-term deal. I'm, I'm not a big – like I said, I respect Tom Brady, but I'm not a big fan. So mm-hmm. I really haven't followed his, his career all that much. But that's but the essence of what happened. I, I, think that's, I think that's so. And, and that's where the business part of football – you know, comes in. Um, it, it's homecoming week on campus this week, Bob, and I and I did. I wanted to take a minute just to tell tell everybody. Look, you know, regardless of what happened Sunday at Houston, it's a new new game Saturday. Weather's supposed to be you know sunny. Uh, hopefully, people will avail themselves to come out to the homecoming festivities, and um, and the kids are plugging away. They're still. You you mentioned it last week. These are our kids, right? And no they doubt. chose to come no here. Doubt. And uh, yeah, come come to the game Saturday. All right, Lee Roberts on the show tomorrow, but also a really unusual guest that you lined up for us. Tell us our listeners about that. The original. That means the very first Dixie Darling, going back to 1954, I believe. She's 86 years old. She lives in Louisiana now, but with homecoming, coming back, you know, part of the homecoming festivities, all the Dixie Darlings that want to can come back and perform at halftime. And she performed last year. She's thinking of coming up this year. Great. But the very first 
Dixie Darling, who's now 86 years old. She'll be on the well, show that's tomorrow. that's just awesome. How did you find her? Well, when, when we did the preseason uh, you know, talk on the program with the, the marching band and the mm-hmm. Dixie Darlings, it was mentioned by the sponsor of the Dixie Darlings. And I said, man, that'd be great to get her on the show. And she is just as spry and vigorous as she was back then. You'd never know. Well, She's 86. Great. We look forward to that. Yeah. Also, Friday, a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour will be broadcasting from Fuzzy's Tacos in uh, Midtown. Uh, we're going to have, uh, among many guests, we're going to have uh, Melissa Socher and Scott Berry early on in the show. They're going to announce a major deal that we're involved with on the Eagle Hour, along with Keith Co. Convenience Stores. Coach Barry, of course, is lending a big hand. We're going to be doing something very special for a very special member of the Southern Miss Athletic family. We're going to make that announcement Friday. Now, now I know you and the lovely Angela, you guys have been married a long time. Did you guys meet in high school? Uh, no, no. Okay, you met at... We met at, at, at junior college, basically. Okay. At Mississippi Delta, Gorehead, Moorhead. I got... Do you remember the last homecoming? Did you ever go to homecoming in high school? Well, sure. Yeah, do you remember the last date you had? Uh, I do not. I do. I, I remember mine. Yeah? Yeah, Shelly Cordero yeah. was my last homecoming. Loved homecoming. So I'm hoping all Southern Miss alumni will, will ahead, come out this go weekend. Go ahead, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Well, she was, she was voted most likely to conceive. Uh, <laughs> And Southern Miss <laughs> to the top. I shouldn't ask. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.